Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Earlier this week, a group of people encamped at 600 William Street were removed from the site. County officials used the Trespass to Property Act to give 24 hours notice before a private security firm and the Coburg police would take action to clear the property. The site is owned by the county and houses offices for economic development, tourism, and a hub for the ambulance services. County politicians approved the removal plan at a special meeting on September 5th. Before any of this took place, two people intimately involved with the encampment provided their side of the story. Virginia Bailey is familiar to many who have followed the story of the encampment from its formation at the West Beach in Coburg to William Street. In this interview, she will tell her story about how the encampment started and how she got to this point. She will also reveal other aspects of the story not often, if ever, told. I'm so pleased to have with me today Virginia Bailey. She is a person who is living in the rough and is currently located at 600 William Street, and she's one of the people who's spearheaded the encampment. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you. How long have you been living in a tent? Um, a, few, a couple of months now, I guess. It was the end of July. What were the circumstances that led you to living in a tent? We were um, removed from our home due to, uh, I guess, health concerns. It was, the house was condemned. Tell me a bit more about this condemnation of the house. I understand that uh, this house was located on Division Street, just north of University. Is that correct? Correct. Describe to me the circumstances which led you to have to leave the house. I'm honestly, I'm not quite sure. We don't have all the information still as to what the why we're not there. Uh, they came in and did an inspection, and then we were told we had an hour to leave. I've never had my questions answered. There was already a bus waiting for us, and uh, hotel rooms have been booked since morning, so I, I don't know. It looked like there was, something was to be found no matter what. When you were living there, was there any indication that there were problems in the house? I, I mean, were you aware that there were all these things that were going on that were not uh, safe, were of concern? Um, you know, I mean, it needed some love, but it was, it was a busy household. I, there was no smell or odor of raw sewage to me. I was certainly not aware of anything like that. No. Because the town says it uncovered numerous fire and life safety concerns. And, and it involved, as you described, like a lot of agencies came in there to do those inspections to declare it as unsafe. I just wondered, you, you say there was nothing at all that, or that you hadn't I mean, complained the to the landlord? House and it definitely, I mean, it was definitely lived in, you know, there was, there was uh, every now and then you'd have to the toilet the toilet would you'd have to use a plunger and we had a leaky faucet sometimes. They needed some tweaks, but no, nothing that was alarming to me. I grew up in an older home. It it's an old home. 
So what happened to you when you were asked to leave? What what were you offered in terms of services or assistance? Um, at that time, it was uh, we we were told that we'd be back in the house or uh, or we'd be fine for we'd be housed. We were told kind of hustled onto a bus, given a hotel room for three days, and then come Monday morning, the, the Monday you know three days later, they told us to get out, get out basically, and that was it. We were on our own. So from that hotel room, then you were on your own. Is Am I understanding yeah. that correctly? So okay. how, how, how did you get around? How did you, like, how did, how does somebody negotiate all that when, when you're, uh, when you're in that situation? They, they didn't, they just told us to get on the bus. It was Friday. Um, it was in the afternoon on Friday. They were closed. Everything was closed on Saturday and Sunday. And by Monday morning, it was time when it was time for us to be able to finally reach out to agencies. We were already checking out. We were put, we just put on a bus. Uh, a second time at the, from the hotel. No, it was a hotel. We were, we had to get out of there on our own. Um, uh, Missy, uh, a friend of ours or uh, who works at the legal center actually did all of the shuttling back and forth on her own time. For Is that right? That okay. Yes, she did. So in terms of services then, was there anybody that was contacting you uh, from any of the agencies? Were they offering you any help, any money, uh, anything else to to help you at the, this particular point? The Red Cross came uh, the second day and they gave everyone a card with a, me a meal allowance for uh, lunch and dinner because breakfast was included with the hotel for the three days that we were there and replaced uh, some of our clothing that was left behind. And that, but they were the only ones except for the legal center and who, you know, Missy came on her own time after work even. And um, Greenwood uh, checked in with us to make sure, you know, we were doing okay, but nobody from the county and no one from the town. What position were you in then? What was the next thing that happened that was the next step? The next step was we got a tent and we post, we pitched it. We had nowhere else to go. So you purchased a tent with the, the money that you had been given by the Red Cross and, no, we, and, we, were give, we were given a tent by Greenwood. The money by Red Cross had gone to feeding us. Okay. And so Greenwood... Um, Greenwood, the Salvation Army, the police, uh, and um, Ontario Works all do give out tents. They have for years. All right. So you took a tent, and where, where did you go from there? We went... I, I had done some reading over the weekend and uh, was kind of came to the conclusion that my best option was to be on uh, public land, be it county or, or municipal land. And, and so I just found the most kind of reclusive place. I, I went to the West Beach because I felt like it was out of the way. It wasn't going to be right in the tourist faces, um, but it was still a safer place for us to be. It wasn't hidden completely. Um, so we went down to the West Beach and set up our tent down there. Did you talk to anybody about that? Was, was it a conversation you had or was it just something you figured out for yourself? Because there's quite a number of public places I miss I mean you could have gone I'm an or... avid reader and I, I had done quite a quite a bit of reading on um oh. on things after Waterloo and, and things that follows Waterloo uh had that felt like a good spot for me I didn't I really didn't want to upset my neighbors not, none of us want to upset our neighbors right so we we're trying to be as much out of the way as we could be I mean, we, we chose to sleep on rocks it wasn't it wasn't for comfort <laughs> it, it was because we wanted to to not upset people but still be in a safe spot where, where there was light and access to amenities. The police station so, has a shower and the police station has a bathroom. It was close enough to that, you know. So you mentioned in your answer uh, Waterloo. Can you tell me what you understand Waterloo means or what that me might mean? Uh, I just maybe I know that uh, from what I had read, they, that people have a right, have a human right to shelter and safety and that the Superior Court 
has no sorry yeah it was a spirit it was a spirit court that has decided to, to um all government owned properties um from on, on each level sh uh, they shouldn't be able to force people to uh, be, live unsheltered off of them if there wasn't a room to accommodate them in uh, an accessible accommodation sorry in 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 place for them so this i mean it's a long it's a long long breed but basically if, if they can't offer accessible accommodations that we have a right to, to be safe and in order to be safe that means we must we have to be somewhere so the municipality and the town are supposed to according to that ruling facilitate us uh, to a certain degree being able to set up an encampment within within those you know guidelines all right so you went down there the two of you um how how did it end up that there were so many other people that came to join you? Can you tell me how that unfolded? Um, we've always kind of have been the center spot for for a lot of these people for the last couple of years, especially throughout the winter. Um, these are these are our friends. They're people that we've gotten to know. Uh, they they come. They shower at our house. They uh, you know get warm at our house. They make their <laughs> they we would make their food there. So they just kind of once we were there, they just kind of slowly came behind us um there's safety in numbers right i mean everyone likes to feel likes to feel secure and once you start to gather you know two or three tents then other people want to feel safe as well and they just join it just grew how did things unfold when you were down at the west beach did anyone come to offer you support during absolutely. your time at the west beach absolutely um actually i think that uh a lot of people would be surprised at the amount of support we've received. It's been, there's been, you know, their fair share of people upset, but we've also had people in the community that have just been fantastic with us. Uh, people come to drop off a case of water or, or some soup or bring down their blankets or extra blankets, come down for a chat. Uh, absolutely. We drop off coffee in the morning for us, you know, or a big thing of donuts. There's been, just sit down to talk to us. There's been a, an amazing amount of support within the community. Did, did any officials come down and uh, talk to you? Uh, were there any uh, people from any of the agencies or community organizations yeah. that came down? Tell us about yes, that. Uh, we've had uh, the bylaw came down the first day and we kind of did a little a little standoff, not not a big one. And the next day they came down again and were very kind. Um, we had the mayor, the deputy mayor down there, sorry. Um, the MPP was there. The um, uh, is it, is it Elena from... The, from the county was there. We've had Greenwood there. We've had the legal center there. We had the help center there. We've had the police there. We've had you name it. I mean, and, and for every department, I think has come down for a visit. All right. When when they were coming down, what was the message that they were delivering to you? You know, um, everything is still really unfolding right now, so it's kind of hard to say where where that where that's going, but it, it depends. It was kind of up and down. I mean, people have personal opinions. But uh, for the most part, it was kindness, and there was a lot of su more support than I thought there would be. So, in terms of officials, were were you told right away that you had to move along, or or what was no. their reaction Im immediately to you? Immediately, yes, they they said something about the bylaw. But when we 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 have a lawyer that's working with us, and uh, she wrote letters, and uh, I guess they they read them, and they just kind of backed off us for a while. When we did eventually move, I wanted to stress that this, this was our choice to move. Um, the winds and the winds, it just wasn't working for us down there anymore. It was too cold. It was too windy. Um, we chose another property and, uh, we moved there. They came the day afterwards and moved 
everybody else for some reason. I don't know really what happened there, but initially the main camp moved on its own. How is it that you have a lawyer working for you? Working with us. Yeah, working um, with you. Somebody we are. No, initially we contacted them with uh, regard to Division Street. Um, she actually was on site during the um, when we when we were removed from the house. She was actually there for that, and she's just kind of stuck with us through all of this and it's, as it's unfolded. And, and again, just her clients. Virginia, Virginia, just so we're clear, she's from the the Northumberland Legal Center. Correct. Okay, I, I just. I wanted to make sure that was clear. Thank you. Um, so with with this advice you're getting and people are coming down, you've talked to officials. Just tell me a little bit about um, the, the kinds of things that the officials have been saying. You mentioned that the deputy mayor came down. What kind of reaction did she give you? What kinds of things did she I, talk to you about? Personally, actually, I wasn't there that day. I, I wasn't there at that moment. Um, or I, if I was, I was in my tent. But um, I... I, I I don't know. I'm not sure about her, but you know, the, most people have just asked us what we need and um, tried to find ways to make something work for us. They have, because there's been a lot of, a lot more neighbor helping neighbor than people realize. And uh, what about the, the MPP, David Pacini? What did, did he talk to you directly or to anyone? Um, he spoke to uh, Chris directly. Um, he'd have more to say about that than me, but as for me, um, no, uh, he didn't really talk to anybody. I think Chris approached him to speak he was kind of more keeping his you know, distance and just taking a look for himself, I think, until Chris approached him. He wasn't, I, I didn't speak to him myself. Okay. I've interviewed the county officials, uh, the head of the social services department and the CAO for the county. When I was talking to them, they were very particular in telling me that they've been sending uh, workers down from the county to offer services, offer alternatives, programs, shelter, all these kinds of things. Has that been your experience? Absolutely. They have been. Um, I mean, there, there's, it's not that simple. Um, it, it doesn't, people don't fit into the same box and they don't necessarily have the programs necessary to help people, but they've actually tried very much to bring people around. They offered what they do have and tried to work with us to a certain degree. Certain people who fit into that system have left um, and go, gone to tr transition house. Um, and, and a couple of them were really successful there. I'm really glad to say. Um, they've, sure, they've made an effort. When you've been talking a little bit about the public's reaction, you've mentioned that there was a lot more positive reaction than negative reaction. Well, no, I'm not saying that not, to, to, to our faces, to us. I'm not sure the general public, but I mean, when people have come and, and interacted with us, it's been more positive than negative. Can you tell me about the shooting that took place? I really can't talk about that right now. I don't. I was in my tent the entire time. I I, I didn't see or anything at all. I, I heard um, a, a pop. I didn't know, really even know what it was. And by the time I got out, they were, time I got out of my tent unzipped, it was already gone and over with. Did that create some tensions and some concerns for the people living in the West Beach when that ha took place and did. after did? So tell me about that and and what was the reaction of the group. Well, I mean, we couldn't really do a whole lot. You know, it's, it's of course, it's frightening. Um, and and I'm frightening. I don't even know how else to, it's just scary. We try to stay awake a little bit more, be a little bit more alert. But life has to go on, I guess, just like with anybody else. We're already kind of facing some giant, giant uh, challenges. And it's just, it was just kind of one more, I guess, that we had to try and group together and try and get through. Um, there is a little bit of trauma, but uh, we're working through it. You mentioned a little bit earlier some of the reasons that you left the West Beach. Can you tell me why you decided to go to 600 William Street? 
because it was uh, county owned. There is only three properties that are county owned, one being the courthouse, one being the um, county county building, and one being there. I felt like it was the least disruptive place for us to be. All right. You it, Was it deliberate that you wanted to go someplace where that was county lands? Absolutely. All right. Can you tell us what was the rationale for that? Was Again, it goes back to, to Waterloo and other various places. Um, there wasn't anything that was workable, feasible with us within the town lands of that municipal lands at that point. It just, that would just work best for us at this point. And so, then, yeah, they so, changed the bylaw anyways the night before. Um, and we, no one was really quite sure what it meant, but it sounded like the county was going to have to have final say with us anyways. Town, the town had had, so... So you were you were tracking both the political things that were unfolding. We were we were present. We were there. Oh, you were there. Yeah, the whole all of us were there. Is that right? And yeah. so when you were listening to the at the council meeting, what did you take away from that meeting then? When when you were watching the debate and the, and the final decisions then? I honestly don't think that anybody, anyone, anyone, including our lawyer or including the people at county, had any idea what any of that meant at first. It it kind of the way it was it just kind of it didn't mean anything it didn't it, the way it was worded and the way it went down just didn't make sense to me at the time i had really didn't know what we were looking at i just decided to move ahead with and, and be be proactive i guess and 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 move ahead with what i thought would keep us safe now the county says it is trying to work with you uh and your group on william street what has been your experience so far they um every work day each and every day of the week we've had someone present um there's not a single day that somebody doesn't come by to see what's going on and if we need anything and how they can help uh i'm not sure i mean this is all what do you need today kind of solutions like do you need another tent do you need do you need eats cards do you need um you know your id replaced they're doing some wonderful things but it's just kind of been on a on a what can we do for you today type thing rather than a sort of solution I mean, of course, the solution is going to be difficult to come to anyway, right? But Chris, can you come over here for this? Some people might wonder why you're not taking advantage of the services that are being offered to you. Why Why do you remain in a tent and why do you re stay at William Street? Um, well, first of all, the services that are offered to us aren't, there isn't enough for all of us. There just isn't. Um, and there isn't something that fits for most of these people. Most of the people that aren't in a shelter are not there because they can't be. They, they don't fit in that box. They've already been kicked out of it. Chris and I were removed from the um, Transition House's uh, motel program two years ago because a homeless friend of ours needed somewhere to shower, and we allowed him to, and that was grounds for us to be kicked out of the program for having someone else in our room. Um, we're, we don't fit into that program. We don't, we, we, we're not going to, I'm not going to turn my back on someone else. I would rather be somewhere where I'm secure knowing that at least I have my tent and my belongings are safe than walking the streets at one o'clock in the morning with my backpack again. And that's called a common answer from everybody, I think. What's the end point for you then? What are you looking for from, from the county or any of these agencies that are working with you? What are Affordable the kinds of housing. things that you're... So what does that mean? Housing. That's 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 a, a very general term. So be, can you be more specific? Um, we're looking for um first of all an accessible sort of um an accessible emergency housing, so something that's more realistic for people to be able to live in, and there needs to be enough beds. Um, there's couples, there's families, there's people living with pets, there's people living with mental illness. I mean, um, the justice um again in Waterloo lays it out pretty clearly with what what, what accessible housing means. Um, 
there, there, that is not available in Coburg. Uh, right now, what we're looking for is um, some places survive winter. Unfortunately, during the last, you know, three winters, we were here. I know that we had our house open for people and a couple other places that are no longer did as well. People this year, I'm, I'm, I really believe you're going to have bodies on our hands this year. People are going to freeze to death. I'm, um, I'm, I'm sure of that. I'm terrified of that. Um, right now, we're looking for a way to survive winter. I mean, open up somewhere where we can pitch tents indoors, open um, or, or help us find winter tents. There's got to be an answer so people don't die, at least for the winter. And then come spring, I'm hoping to find some property that we they will maybe maybe be able to do something accessible on. There's there's enough there. I mean, the resources are there. If you look at the property holdings for the town, there is many where they were supposed to be for accessible housing. One has been sitting there since 2007, and they've done nothing with it. Uh, it was purchased for accessible housing. Oh, okay. Uh, where is that located? 29 Alice Street. Now, and the old arena is also was mentioned a couple of years ago as a proper. We, we could put our tents inside the arena for the winter and build on the outside. There's things that could happen, but we need cooperation from the municipality and from the county in order to do this. Unfortunately, if they don't, people will die this winter. I, I, I'm sure of it. There's, we don't have our house there to keep them safe anymore. Our house is gone. That's where they went to get warm. So the house you were living in on Division Street, that was a, almost like a drop-in center. Absolutely, it was. The coldest night of the year, two years ago, the warm room closed because they were understaffed. We had 40 people in our home. That's why they're alive now. I know it's a pain, but people are going to die. Something has to happen. You said a number of times when we were setting up this interview that you wanted to communicate some of the positive things that have happened. Tell me about this. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was really going for. Um, there's just a sense of community, um, I think, within the, just in the encampment. I mean, we've always been together as a group because we had the home that people would go to. And we've gotten to know these individuals and they've gotten to know each other. But watching the change in people when they have a place to rest their head has been amazing. Um the move from the beach to uh, 600 William was a tiny bit traumatic for some people. I think that the beach gave them more stability than they'd had in years. But once they're there and they're settled in, I mean, I've had police officers tell me that calls are down by 20% because people aren't out wandering the streets all night. Um, there's been everyone's in bed. They're all tucked in before midnight and up in the morning making breakfast for each other. I'm watching uh, people who used to be known for stealing each other's backpacks, sharing their things instead. It's been it's been an amazing thing to watch unfold. These uh, it's such a community within the community. In one of our conversations, you described the encampment as your family. Absolutely. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I've said that for years. Um, I did an interview with David uh, years ago, and uh, used the same term. It's like watching. It's I had five children, um, and my 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 boyfriend is one of four. So we've both had the big family experience where you squabble over boys, or you know you're who stole whose toy, but at the end of the day, it's your family. And they've always come together like that. But I'm just, they're very close. They are my family. They're um, they're people that are there for me and I'm, I'm there for them. And not because we have to be, but because we want to be. Do you have people who are living with you in the encampment that are facing challenges? You mentioned a couple, mental health being one of them. What yep. types of challenges do others face? And how do you support um, there's them? Very, there's a lot. I mean, there's a very, I think that most people there would have an, would have a mental health addiction and they're very, they're, they're quite varied. 
Um, so we can't just put it all under one blanket. I mean, they're 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 varied, they're extremity and, and extremity and, and type. There's people with physical disabilities. There is people that are, I mean, are just, I mean, a couple of them just are, are old and their families are gone. They have no one else. There is, uh, I'm sorry, guys, older. <laughs> um, there is people that that uh, just, this is what they were born into. They, they inherited this. They were raised this way and this is all they know. There is people that, um, that, COVID just did a number on their their career is over. They had nowhere to go because they were living paycheck paycheck now. And then when the affordable housing disappeared, so did their ability to get somewhere to rent. Um, there's it's it's very it's it's all over the place. There's many many reasons. Those people with all their challenges, how do you support them how, as uh, as part of the encampment? What do you do to support them? I mean, that's not I don't do that. We all do that for each other. They do that for us as well. Um, we focus on the strengths and um, and accept it's acceptance. It's it's looking at what someone can do instead of what they can't do. I think it's the way anyone should treat somebody who has a disability. You look at what they can do and you grow on it. What do you think is the biggest misconception the public has about what you are living through right now? Um, I, I, that we're it's by choice. That it's laziness. That it's um, that it's um, our fault. That that. Uh, People that they know aren't going to be sitting right here in five years if the if the way that the housing is going continues. I mean, it, it's only going to grow. People that they care about will be here. It's uh, I I don't know that that we're lazy that we want this that we just don't want to get jobs. Uh, there's there's a million different things I've read. Most of them I I can't, I can't even fathom thinking that way. So it's hard for me to to address. I, I don't understand how people could imagine that that anyone wants this life. It's not there, easy. There may be people who think you are deliberately trying to create a confrontation with the county or the town or the bureaucrats or officials. Is that true? Um, uh, no, it's not a confrontation. I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and not be seen. I'm not going to be, that's not who I am. There's a, there's a problem here that needs to be addressed. I'm not going to hide it, but I'm not seeking it either. I mean, anybody who really believes any of that is welcome to come pitch a tent with me for a couple of days, live through the conditions we live through, and then tell me that they still think I'm doing this by choice. It's it's cold. It's really cold at night already. It's really hot during the day. We went days without a toilet. Um, we have no running water. There, there's definitely it's not easy. No one's doing this just because it's fun or or just to get attention. Yeah. Some some people might look at this and not quite understand the logic of of what you're you're trying to achieve here. Why why would you live in conditions like that? I'm sure people are saying, why would you live like that um, when somebody's coming down and saying, here here's here's this and here's that, and we can go and we can do this and we, we can help you with that. Can you just flush that out for we us a little bit more? We don't have a choice. That's not those those options aren't for us. I mean, Chris and I would have to separate. This is my family. He he's all I have left. He wants he would be forced to sleep away from me. Um, we'd be in different rooms. We'd be in different programs. We would no longer be allowed to, to to function as a part as a team. Our partnership would be severed. I'm not willing to give that up for anybody. Um, and there's not enough of those beds anyway. I mean, even if they even if we took them, there'd still be. 34 people or you know whatever however many people with nowhere to go it's not it's not like they have the answer for any of this you know i watched the interview with uh, david Pacini and he's saying go go to the shelter there's four beds at the shelter four let's do a head count 
we can't all go to the shelter. So, I mean, if you're asking me directly why I'm not going, it's because of my relationship. If you're asking somebody else, it'll be because of their pet or because they're not allowed there, they're kicked out of there or because they don't feel safe there. Or there's many, many reasons to not go to, to the only shelter in town. What's next, Virginia? What What do you see as being the next steps? I'm just hoping to make it through winter. To be honest, I, I at this point I don't even I can't even look long term. I'm just trying to I'm we're just trying to figure out how to stay warm next month. Keep, keep everyone warm and safe next month. I don't I don't have a long term answer right now. I mean, we're working with some really bright people who have some really good ideas, and maybe I'm just going to lean on them a little bit for the winter till we get till we get through it. I don't, I don't really know um, what else to do. Do you get any sense of how long the county's going to let you stay at 600 William Street? I, I mean, we've got to stay somewhere. I mean, if we don't stay there, then we're just going to move somewhere else. We're not going to disappear. We are all from this town. We all went to school in this town. We're not. We're not going to separate. That's not safe. So, I mean, they can move us, but we're just going to pop up again. We aren't, we, we, we're, we're here. We're real. We're not going anywhere. We live here. This is our home. And, and also, too, I, you've said before, like, this is deliberate in your strategy to remain on public lands that are owned by the county or the Absolutely. town. Absolutely. I'm not going to trespass on someone else's land. I'm not, I'm not trying to cause trouble with my neighbors. I get in. We're just trying to survive. We're just trying to survive and, and, and in turn help others do the same all across the provinces i mean all across the world right now it's not like coburg's different and we're just finally having to look at it but if you look in the news anywhere you're going to see the same problems you're going to see the it's, it's not getting better it's, it's it's growing if i could sit you down across from anyone in the town and you wanted to leave a message with them to understand and to appreciate what you're going through what would that message be i would like I would like any of them. I really would. I would want them to come spend time with us. I mean, real time. Come, pitch a tent. Well, you do it for a day or two. Come and see for yourself what's going on. Learn before you before you make the next decision. Come and put your time in. You're, you're you're do the educate yourself before you before you judge what's going on around you. That's just that's all. Just come and learn, and then maybe you'll we'll come for a decision together. Virginia Bailey, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. That was Virginia Bailey, a person who is living rough and was a member of the encampment at 600 William Street. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. 
and don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.